Hello my friends, this is Alex. Welcome to Socialism Survival Podcast number 61. My subject for this week is socialist gangs, then and now. Never heard of them? Well, if you are driving now, make sure you fasten your seatbelt and driving carefully. Because a lot of things beyond your control are happening around you right now. Assume full control of your vehicle and your player. Or if you are at home, your computer and your pillow. Because in few seconds plus few minutes, I will share with you my Soviet gang story and even more. First, as always, comes my virtual housekeeping and community organizing. As I said before, more changes to this podcast and to my website are on the way. Therefore, don't miss your chance to explore the one I have now. Anyway, the address will remain the same. It is socialismsurvival.com. Thanks to everyone for your feedbacks. If you never wrote to me, but really want to do it, then here is my email address. Podcast at socialismsurvival.com Or on the website you also can leave me a voice message using Google Voice feature. Join me on Facebook and Twitter to follow my news and updates and to communicate with me there. I will be happy to add you as my new friend. Just write me a note that you are listening to my podcasts. I've heard some of you had problems downloading from iTunes. Try also Microsoft Zune. Z-U-N-E. That's spelling. Or simply go to the website to listen while I'm working on new ways to serve you. I will also greatly appreciate your help through positive feedbacks on iTunes, on Zoom, and through sharing this podcast with others. Last week, one of my old friends texted me an urban legend about Bloods gang initiating new members by having them to kill anyone who makes courtesy flashes to them when they drive without headlights at night. While I didn't hear that before, it wasn't hard for me to check few sources just to discover that such story was repeated from time to time for a few decades. However, it brought up inside me some memories from Soviet times when communists were in control, or more correctly, a socialist gang was in control of the godless empire called Soviet Union. Although 
I know about bloods gang mostly from the Wikipedia article. There are two things in common between them and Soviets. Uh, blood and red scarves. Those who are initiated into Blood's King wear red scarves. Soviet children had to wear red scarves after being initiated into a, a pioneer's division of Communist Party gang. Did you know that Soviet flag is red? Because it is the color of the blood that was shed by Soviet people fighting for socialism and communism. Because of that, Soviet army was called Red Army. Soviet terror was called Red Terror. Soviet passport had red cover. Every school and any other state-owned entity had so-called Red Corner, a sacred place for communist gang meetings and worship with busts of Karl Marx and Vladimir Lenin. The red word and color were used in many other names, titles, and descriptions. Like in another example, the month of October year 1917 when Lenin committed his crime through Great October Socialist Revolution was called Red October. Lenin, who was also called Red Chief and who was skillfully portrayed by Soviet propaganda as gentle, sweet grandpa, actually was the chief of a bloodthirsty gang and is responsible for organized mass murders that took millions of lives, innocent lives. He and his comrades were surrounding themselves with butchers like them. The names of the people who were with Lenin and continued his terror are like Stalin, Dzerzhinsky, Beria, Yagoda, Vasily Blachin, he was chief Soviet butcher, Nikolai Yezhov, and many others. When you understand that Soviet officials were the members of the official gang or gang in the law, it's easier to understand why they were using local gangsters to their benefit during whole history of Soviet Union's existence. Every Soviet city, especially big city, had gangs in its every section, micro-district or neighborhood. During my school years, I've heard almost every week about gang fights between 
neighboring districts or sections of the city. Could Soviet regime eliminate gangs? Probably. But that wasn't in their spirit. They would prefer to have some gangs that cooperated with them and kept unarmed population in fear. The fear was needed to keep Soviet people obedient. I'm not saying that Soviet state didn't keep gangs' existence under control, but it was controlled the way governments control certain species of animals allowing hunters to kill them. Otherwise, they would destroy crops, attack people and pose a danger to the state's existence. If the gang became too strong and didn't want to cooperate, then KGB and Soviet militia, the name police in Soviet Union was called, would arrest them and send them into prison camps. KGB often recruited and trained criminals. They were used both for local actions like disruption of underground religious and political opposition meetings and outside, like even internationally. Soviet commissars who didn't want to cover their own hands with blood by beating, torturing innocent people often used such recruited criminals to do that dirty job for them. The exception of this kind of cooperation were thieves in law, understood as bound by code. This class of criminals had to abide by certain rules in the prison system. One such rule was that cooperation with the authorities of any kind was forbidden. In spite of Soviet Union collapse, Russian government as well as governments of many other former Soviet republics didn't eliminate gangs or mafias. You know why? Because their officials were connected before and are still connected now to the criminal world that has their presence now internationally. In other countries, they could be found in such cities as Berlin, Tel Aviv, Paris, Toronto. In the United States, whether active in criminal activities or retired, they can be found comfortably living mainly in such cities as New York City, Miami, Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Although some of them may still pose a danger to the American society, mostly they are settled here to spend big money that they collected during criminal activity in their countries.
I will leave them aside in this podcast because I want you to be focused on more dangerous gang activity that is going on now in America. Many militant Marxist gangs existed and still exist in the United States for decades, like so-called Black Panther Party that was founded in October 1966, or like Weather Underground founded in 1969, and other, you name it. I mentioned only two just to show that the Marxist occupant of the White House, that you call president, has connections to both of them. And he either used or still uses these connections to advance his socialist agenda. His selection of cabinet members and Supreme Court judges does not inspire hope, but fear for the future of this great country. The way he is acting, using his official position, whether making political, economic or security decisions like in GM case or in a Gulf oil spill case or in this developing case of TSA screening it's not for the safety and prosperity of American people but for his gang enrichment and power control like heartless gangsters these thieves in the law are trampling upon our present and our children's future. While most Americans on the right were celebrating electoral victory, I was thinking about the wage of destruction that is already too deep in the body of America. To hope that just through the elections, the wedge will be removed is just hopeless. While you may already taste the sweetness of 2012 victory in your mouth, you yet don't know what kind of surprises these mobsters on the left are working on now what those community organizers on the left are working on what these weathermen and panthers mobs are planning while you are trying to live decent and peaceful lives there is one russian saying that wage drives out wage which also translates as fired fire with fire you cannot trust eric holder to stop black panthers or any other 
terrorists and gangsters. In order for him to put them in jail, he needs to put you there too. In order to check Muslims, more likely found as terrorists in airports. Without them feeling unequally humiliated and profiled, these mobsters who control TSA need to humiliate you too. This is my conclusion relating to the TSA screening and tapping that I also had to go through when I was returning from my trip to the Ukraine. I am more in support of the profiling of terrorists like Israelis do instead of offending decent American people. Socialist gang trampling on our freedom must be stopped. And the last thing I'd like to say, closing this show, after the socialist gang terror that we survived in the USSR, it's surprising to me that some of ex-Soviet people, even friends, are biting to that kind of scare attempt, like the blood gang initiation warning, the urban legend I mentioned earlier. I am completely against spreading this kind of scare stories, even if they may have a little bit of facts in background. What I am for is to advise every good citizen and legal resident to have a concealed weapon on them and good training on how to use it. Maybe the knowledge, ability and readiness of every American to fight fire with fire plus faith in God who can quench enemies fire is the only hope and only chance to stop socialist and any other gang advancement and take over thank you for listening to this podcast I pray to God for the wisdom and courage to every freedom-loving and God-loving American. God bless you and keep you. Until the next week, when you will hear again the voice of common sense, your socialism survival host, Alex. <laughs>